is going on, true crime fans? I'm your host, Heath. And I'm your host, Daphne. And you're listening to Going West. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today for another episode of Going West. Today's case, so I stumbled upon this online very randomly the other day, and I'm so glad I did because it's not getting nearly as much attention as it needs to, so I think we should all do our part here and help Felicia and her wonderful family by sharing her photo and story. This just happened in April of this year, 2022, and the suspect is currently at large, so that's why we cleared the schedule, we're covering this right away. Yeah, and once you hear the details of this case, you guys are going to realize just how terrifying this truly is. So make sure that you share this episode. Yes, please do. And let's not waste any more time. Let's talk about it. All right, guys, this is episode 217 of Going West. So let's get into it. You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. In April of 2022, a 24-year-old went on a birthday trip to Houston, but she disappeared after meeting up with a man in the middle of the night. Since then, a suspect has been named and a warrant is out for his arrest after police found the victim's blood in his car and apartment, mysterious Google searches and hardware store receipts, and horrific photos in his phone. However, this man is currently on the run and his whereabouts are unknown. This is the story of Felicia Johnson and the search for Chuku Ibuqua Nabuoto. Felicia Marie Johnson was born on April 10th, 1998 in San Diego, California, and she is the oldest of three children, with the other two being quite young today, so she was seemingly an only child most of her life. 
Now, unfortunately, there isn't much out there at all about what Felicia was interested in, but she looks like such a beautiful and happy person according to all the old and new photos that we've seen of her. And it seems like she's part of an extremely loving family who care a great deal about her. But according to a close friend, Felicia is hilarious and witty and very smart. So we do know that. And we also know that she was very interested in modeling, which she did do for work on occasion, but she also was passionate about hair and makeup. She graduated from Monta Vista High School in 2016, which is located in San Diego, where she spent her whole life. And her dad posted tons of photos of her at the time on Facebook, showing off her diploma with various friends and family. So it looks like she had a lot of people out there that really love her. After graduating, Felicia remained living in the gorgeous and lively city of San Diego, but as of this year, appears to have been considering maybe a possible move out of the state. In April of 2022, Felicia was preparing for her 24th birthday and decided to plan a trip to Houston, Texas to celebrate, where, according to multiple reports, she has various family members. But before she went to Houston, she celebrated her birthday in San Diego with family on April 10th, 2022. They threw her this like extravagant looking party with a huge lit up 24 and tons of black and gold balloons. And there are a couple pictures of her hugging her dad and her aunt, which we posted on our socials. And it just looked like, you know, overall it looked like a great time. So they also went out to a nice bar and restaurant that night all together. Three days after her birthday, on Wednesday, April 13th, Felicia headed to Houston, Texas by herself. And within the last few years, Felicia began working as a dancer in various clubs in San Diego and Los Angeles, and would also sometimes work as an escort. And she often went under the names Felicia Marie and Felivia Marie. And she was looking to do both escorting and dancing during her time in Houston. So the job that she wanted to audition for was at Cover Girls, which is a topless nightclub, not fully nude, on Little York Road in Northwest Houston. Her family knew where she was going and what she was doing, and her dad said that she was looking to make some extra money, which is why she had been trying to be an escort while she was in Houston for a few days. For the Cover Girls job, she didn't have an interview and hadn't applied there yet, but was going there in hopes of asking if there were any openings, but she was turned away. And it's unclear why she chose that particular club, but she did go there on the evening of Friday, April 15th, 2022. So that's two days after she arrives in Houston. And there's a lot of talk going around about there being no record of Felicia's application at this club cover girls since she was turned down for the job. But a lot of dancers have pointed out that you don't fill out applications for adult entertainment clubs, you audition. And that's what she was hoping to do. Now, of course, it's important to know if she was even there and if anyone saw her inside. But the club's attorney later came forward after the club would not turn over security footage and said that no one specifically remembered seeing her, but that doesn't mean she wasn't there. The attorney also pointed out that when a dancer starts working there, they do fill out what cover girls and maybe other clubs call a dancer packet that would include all of their information and they sign it, but that didn't happen here with Felicia. And that makes sense since we know Felicia was turned down, but it's, it's good to note. And we will discuss that more in a bit here. I don't wanna get ahead of myself. 
Now, like Heath said, she has family in Houston, but while she was staying there, she was staying at the Intercontinental Hotel on Main Street in Southwest Houston. And this is 18 miles or 29 kilometers and a 25 minute drive from the CoverGirls Club. Uh, This hotel is more towards the center of Houston. The Intercontinental Hotel is an upscale hotel near the campus of Texas Medical Center. And in the latest reports, this is where she was last seen. But before we get into that, we're going to talk about the initial reports that came out in April because they do conflict a bit, but can both technically be true. So within a few days of 24-year-old Felicia Johnson's disappearance, it was reported that she was last seen at the Cover Girls Club in the late evening of April 15th when she got into a vehicle with an unknown man because her Uber had been running late. After this evening, Felicia has not been seen since. So her family, whom she is extremely close with, had realized pretty quickly that she hadn't been answering any of their phone calls or texts, and no one had heard from her at all. Even stranger, the family members who she shared her location with on her phone, as I'm sure many of us share with our family, noticed that her phone was in the same spot for a while and it wasn't at her hotel. The location that her cell phone was pinging was at a park in Houston, which seemed very odd. Like why would her phone be in the same spot at a park like all day, right? Yeah, seems very random. Yeah, so as that Saturday progressed and they still hadn't heard anything from her, but her phone was still in that same spot at the park, they contacted police and reported her missing. Now, since her immediate family was still in California, they asked her family in Houston, who had access to Felicia's phone location, to check the area for her, and they did that same day. Her phone was pinging at Bear Creek Pioneers Park, also referred to as Bear Creek Park, and that's located in West Houston. This park is just over 2,000 acres, and it's a 30-minute drive from Felicia's hotel, and 12 minutes from CoverGirls. So as the family members searched around the park, calling Felicia's phone, they finally found it in the park along a desolate part of Eldridge Parkway near Highway 6 and Clay Road. And it was covered in blood. Alongside Felicia's cell phone was her purse, but Felicia was nowhere in sight. The very next morning, which was Sunday, April 17th, 2022, Her father, Kevin Johnson, was already on his way to Houston from San Diego, California to look for her himself, along with other family members. One of the first things that they did was take her cell phone to the police station as evidence, but for whatever reason, Houston police actually refused to take the phone. It wasn't until five days later, when Kevin Johnson was able to receive help from Cornell X, that police began to take the case more seriously. And Quinnell X is a community activist and the chairman of the new Black Panther Nation in Houston and fights against injustices as well as systemic oppression in the black community. So he became involved right away in Felicia's disappearance and started speaking out alongside Kevin Johnson to spread the word on Felicia's story and get her face into the mainstream media. Which I know is really helpful for Kevin because like you just mentioned, that is when police kind of started saying, okay, this young woman is missing. She's been missing. 
will get involved. You yeah. know, it's weird that it took some time. And I do understand she's an adult, but the day she disappeared, they found her bloody phone in her purse in a park. Like, that is such a red flag. I don't know why you wouldn't jump on that right away, but just crazy. Yeah, there couldn't be a bigger red flag. No, there really couldn't. So here is Felicia's description listed on her missing poster. Felicia Marie Johnson, missing since April 15th, 2022 from Houston, Texas. 24 years old, hair color, black, height, five foot four, weight, 150 pounds, eye color, brown, ethnicity, black. And on what looks like her right shoulder, she has a large black tattoo of roses and butterflies. So that's a, it's a pretty large tattoo on her shoulder and it goes into the um, upper portion of her arm. On April 25th, Quinnell X told the police, quote, we know something bad happened to this sister. She has not called a member of her family, not used her credit cards and didn't return back to the hotel where she was staying. So they were like, I mean, 10 days in, of course, you're adamant about that. But Quinnell X and Kevin Johnson were the ones that were like, hey, public, this is not good. There's a lot of red flags. She didn't run away. Something happened to her. Yeah, we need to pay attention to this. Yes. And especially because she's not from this area, like they're basically asking the community of Houston to find this woman who just traveled to the area. But still, the community was very responsive in trying to help her even though she wasn't from their community, which was really great. So once police took Felicia's phone in as evidence, her father, Kevin, also provided his own blood to see if the blood belonged to Felicia. But he wasn't getting timely assistance with this or answers and updates regarding if that blood did indeed belong to his daughter. So like weeks into her disappearance, he just was feeling very much in the dark. At this point, Crime Stoppers and Texas EquiSearch got involved to help in the search of Felicia. And Texas EquiSearch brought a team in to search Bear Creek Park to see if there was any other evidence there that was connected to Felicia. And we've talked about Texas EquiSearch many times. Many. They are a great organization. Just completely amazing. Incredible. Just so, so helpful in these cases, not even just in Texas, but in other states as well. Yeah. Now, according to the founder of Texas EquiSearch, Tim Miller, whose own daughter went missing in 1984 and she was found murdered, um, he says that Bear Creek Park is a bit of a difficult place to search because it's very thick in some areas and it has a lot of small roads, which is super helpful since Heath and I have never been there ourselves. And due to its large size, over 2,000 acres, he feels that it's an easy place for someone to discreetly drive into and dump evidence without being seen by anyone. Now, considering police were under the impression that Felicia was last seen at the CoverGirls Club, they checked for security footage. There are cameras both inside and outside of the CoverGirls Club, but allegedly, as I mentioned, the club would not initially release the footage to police. And we're going to talk about their sketchiness later. But within the first week of the investigation, the footage was luckily released to police. And information regarding whether or not she was seen on the tapes and, you know, what they provided has not specifically been released to the public yet. But in early June of 2022, just under two months after Felicia disappeared, some new information came to light. 
It was apparent that foul play was involved very early in the investigation because Felicia's phone showed no cell phone activity, no use of her credit card, and no use of her social media. And she had been fairly active on social media in general, the last time being late Friday evening, which again was April 15th. So after that, she did not go back on. Right. Also, with further investigating, detectives were able to determine that Felicia's real last location was not the Cover Girls Club, but instead her hotel. From our research, it does appear that Felicia was at Cover Girls on the night of Friday, April 15th. It just wasn't the last place that she was seen. Right, so she was at the club and then made it back to her hotel where she remained for a few more hours before leaving again, as you're about to say. Yes. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment, no maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with Juvederm Volix XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you are allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medications that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, just visit Juvederm.com. So while in Houston, Felicia had placed an ad online, including one on a website called SkipTheGames.com, where you can find escorts all around the world. And in her ad, she was offering her escort services, and on Snapchat, a 28-year-old man named Chiku Ibuqua Nobuoto agreed to pay her $500 for her services. With that, on the early morning of Saturday, April 16th, at 2.56 a.m., Felicia Johnson was leaving her hotel in an Uber that this man ordered for her. This Uber took Felicia to his old apartment complex, 
where he lived from 2017 to 2020 on Windchase Boulevard in Houston. And from there, he picked her up himself and took her to his apartment on South Richmond Avenue in Houston. And this is located two miles away from his old apartment and a 15 minute drive from Bear Creek Park. A little over an hour after Felicia arrived with him to his apartment, Chuku Ibuka's car was caught on surveillance footage leaving his apartment complex. And then at 5.12 a.m., just two hours after Felicia left her hotel in the Uber, her cell phone connected to the cell tower nearest to Bear Creek Park, and her phone remained in that spot until her family found it later that same day, covered in blood. 26 minutes later, Chubu Ibuka's car is caught on surveillance returning in the direction of his apartment. So this is looking really sketchy because her, car, or her cell phone had reached that point after he left, and then 26 minutes later, it's caught going back to his apartment as if, did he just go put her cell phone there? Once police obtained all this information from Uber and then the surveillance footage from his complex, etc., they searched his name and found a police report from November of 2020, so a year and a half earlier, where Chuku Ibuka was being investigated for sexual assault. In this incident, he had allegedly tried to rape a woman in his vehicle, but when she was able to break free and get out of the car, he chased her down and violently grabbed her. The victim in this case eventually declined to press charges and they just wanted to go home, so the case was dismissed. As investigators discovered, Chuku Ibuka and Felicia had agreed to meet in exchange for $500. Again, this interaction happened on Snapchat. And bank records show that he had indeed withdrawn that amount from his Wells Fargo account that same day. He did a $200 um, withdrawal and then a $300 withdrawal. And that was in the very, very early morning hours of April 16th, which is Saturday. And later that day, Saturday, April 16th, Chubu Ibaka made some extremely concerning purchases at a Walmart, as well as a Home Depot, which for those who don't know, is a home improvement store. Now let's talk about those purchases. So from Walmart and Home Depot, on April 16th and April 17th, Chuku Ibuka purchased a flashlight, shirt, neoprene and latex gloves, a de-handled pruning saw, which is a manual saw, 13-gallon hefty trash bags, as well as 30-gallon hefty trash bags, and four hand towels. A really terrifying thing to note is that the manual saw was purchased at Walmart at 10.16 a.m. on Sunday, April 17th. And then hours later, he returned to Home Depot and purchased a hyper-tough 20-volt max lithium-ion cordless reciprocating saw, which is electric. Police noted that in all Walmart and Home Depot surveillance footage of Chuku Ibuka, utilizing the self-checkout line, he had a bandage wrapped around his right hand. Now, later on the morning of April 16th, he sought medical attention for the cut on his hand and claimed that he had hurt himself while cutting boxes open. As we stated, this newer information about Felicia last being seen at her hotel and then meeting up with Chuku Ibuka and all the information regarding his suspicious purchases came out in early June. 
But he had been identified by police around May 12th, so three weeks after Felicia went missing. This is when they uncovered all the surveillance footage as well as the Walmart and Home Depot purchases. Then on May 13th, 2022, so a day later, a search warrant was signed by Harris County District Judge Harmon to search Chuku Ibuka's car, which was a silver 2009 Honda Accord, as well as his apartment. On his computer, police found some incredibly disturbing Google searches made after April 16th, including, what does bleach do to blood? Does bleach destroy DNA? How to be a serial killer? How does one plan a murder without getting caught? And most forested part of Houston. Yeah, none of that is suspicious whatsoever. It's, I mean, even the last part, like, that just tells us that you're trying to hide a body. But and all just, of this just shows that you want to murder somebody unless you already did. Yeah, and it just blows my mind, like, who the hell searches how to be a serial killer? Two weeks after Felicia's disappearance on April 30th, he searched for Houston escorts, meaning he was looking for other women to meet up with and police believe possibly murder. There were also searches relating to cleaning DNA evidence, deleting digital information, and then how missing persons investigations go and if police can access a dead person's text messages. Wow. I mean, like, he's this just is a lot. Yeah, he's just giving them all the information that they need to know that he is a deranged person. Well, a week later, he searched how to delete your history completely. So it seems like he knew that if they found his searches, that would be incredibly suspicious, but he was not able to delete them completely. And at this time, he also searched for the cheapest places to live in the world with $1,000 a month. Inside his apartment, again, one month after Felicia disappeared, there were bloodstains found on the hallway floor just outside of the bathroom as well as inside his bedroom. This is a month later. This blood is still there. So obviously he didn't clean it up. Or at least he didn't clean it up well enough. Like, I'm yeah. not sure if it was traces of blood or if it was obvious, but, you know, detectable by the human eye. Sounds like he may have tried to clean it up but missed some spots. Well, and he had been Googling all this stuff about bleach and, and how to get rid of blood, so it seems like he was wanting to clean it up. But anyway... So at this time, his vehicle was also processed, and inside, an investigator uncovered a Taurus 9mm handgun, multiple Home Depot receipts to all those weird purchases he made, a Walmart receipt, loose latex gloves, a large kitchen knife, and a shovel. Inside the vehicle, the investigator used Blue Star Regent, which is a chemical compound that lights up when it detects the presence of blood. And after spraying this chemical, numerous spots, both inside the vehicle and inside the trunk, lit up, indicating that it was positive for blood. And that large kitchen knife found in the vehicle also showed the positive presence of blood. Heath and I are major sufferers of seasonal allergies. They are the worst. It can even be difficult to host this show when our noses are all clogged up. We have tried brand after brand, but luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. 
And big shout out to Claritin for supporting this show and providing us with samples. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so that you can breathe better. I feel like I sneeze all day long. I always have an itchy face. But now I can actually go outside in the grass and not have a sneeze attack or be stuffed up thanks to Claritin D. Are you ready to live as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so that you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. We know you guys love a good mystery, especially one with twists and turns. Am I right? This is why you guys are going to love June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker while she tries to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder in the roaring 1920s. In this hidden object mystery game, put your detective skills to the test. While you're on this quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret, you can customize your very own luxurious estate island and let your imagination run wild. Daphne and I actually love to play this game together because you can chat with and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. It is truly so much fun. You guys are going to love it. So what do you think? Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Before that break, we discussed the fact that Chuku Ibuka had blood not only in various areas of his Houston apartment, but also inside his vehicle, along with his suspicious purchases that were made that weekend that Felicia went missing. Considering the fact that he was the last known person to see her, that he had seemingly disposed of her bloody cell phone and purse in Bear Creek Park, and had appeared to have murdered someone and had interest in killing other people, according to his Google search history, police put a warrant out for his arrest. And on that same day, Friday, May 13th, 2022, they arrested him during a traffic stop. And with that, they began searching through his cell phone where they found more incriminating evidence. Although he and Felicia had never called each other nor communicated via text, they had communicated on Snapchat and on his cell phone, police found multiple photos of four deceased people, one of which was a dismembered woman. Also on his phone was a photo of the Uber that dropped Felicia off the night that they met in the spot where it had dropped her off. So that's kind of weird. Like he, so he picked her up. It's, it's very bizarre that he asked her to meet at his apartment unless he didn't want like the proof in Uber of going to his actual apartment. You know what I mean? Like maybe he, that was kind of like a decoy. And then he picked her up in his car and took her two miles away. But it's so weird that he took a photo of her driving up in the Uber. Right. And the fact that he has a photo of a dismembered woman and three other photos of deceased people and police are looking at these 
alongside all the other shit they found. Like this is this is a huge, you know. Yeah. Like I when I was researching this case, out like my mouth was dropped open almost the whole time. I mean, the evidence piled up against this man is so freaking high. It's very damning. I mean, you have all of this equipment that he purchased that, you know, obviously you're like this seems like tools that could be used for murder. Mm-hmm. And then you find blood in his apartment slash his car. And then he's got photos of deceased people on his cell phone. I mean, how much more damning evidence do you need? Well, everything's about to come crashing down. Exactly. However, and this is a big however, due to the fact that there wasn't enough evidence to actually charge 28-year-old Chuku Ibuka and 24-year-old Felicia Johnson's disappearance, they let him go. As unbelievably frustrating as that is, something we have to remember here is that Although there was proof of blood immediately and, you know, proof that he killed somebody, they didn't have proof that day, May 13th, that it belonged to Felicia, right? So although all of these internet searches and purchases and presence of blood is insanely eerie and points to murdering someone, they didn't have Felicia's body nor the DNA match yet. So despite the fact that it seemed so concrete it didn't specifically match to Felicia that day. So they had to let him go. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. They're looking at him as a suspect. They're trying to gather more evidence so that they can actually take this guy down. But in between that time, they're like, there's nothing we can do. We can't hold you. It's just hard, I think, for like a lot of us who are not in law enforcement to say how with somebody that has that much against them regarding something very bad, how could they not just hold him on something else, you know? But that's not how it works. So that's what we have to understand. And I don't know, maybe they made a mistake by arresting him that day and maybe they should have just been watching him. I think the, at the very least, they should have been keeping constant tabs on this man. Yeah, absolutely. Because it doesn't seem like they were and that is a huge ball drop. Yeah, but legally, there's really nothing that they could do at that time. Right. So Chuku Ibuka was released, quote, pending further inquiries. And in the weeks to follow, the blood found in his home and vehicle proved to be a, quote, very strong match to Felicia's since they were only working with her father Kevin's blood sample. But from their standpoint, it was basically a match. So with this evidence, police were able to put out another warrant for Chuku Ibuka Naboto's arrest on June 9th, 2022, nearly a month later, for the murder of 24-year-old Felicia Johnson, as well as for tampering with evidence. But get this, it has been just over a month and they are not able to find this guy. So basically what we're saying here is that there's a very dangerous person that is yes. out there that is, has not been captured, and who knows what he'll do next. But that's what I don't understand is, okay, if you have to let him go, I understand there was a mess up, you didn't have enough evidence after all, but you know that this guy did something very bad, and it was probably to Felicia, if not other people, and you're not, like, around the clock watching him, and now he just slipped out of your grasp. Like, that, to me, is mind-blowing. Yeah, that's my issue, too. The fact that he is 
their main suspect, I mean, of course, with all that evidence, the damning evidence. All of that, yeah. They're they're sitting here and they're not watching him and he slips away. And obviously this is so hard to process for Felicia's family, as well as everyone who knows and loves her, and even all of us, because police had him in custody and could have received answers regarding Felicia's whereabouts and maybe even weaseled out a confession, and now he's nowhere to be found. And that's why this case is so important to share, because this man is clearly wildly dangerous and has murderous intentions, as well as intentions to get away with said murders, and he could be anywhere. And that's why I'm so surprised that it has been weeks since the most recent news update on this. Like, I don't know why this isn't in every story every day. Yeah, I mean, literally, we have a serial killer on the loose. And it's hard for me to, like, say that confidently, say, oh, we have a serial killer on the loose. But given all the information we know, I feel pretty confident saying that this guy is either a serial killer or on his way to becoming one. One thing I wonder is since he had just had to purchase all that stuff, if if he did murder Felicia, it was after he murdered her, uh, we would assume that he purchased all of these things, the saws, the trash bags, the, the towels, gloves, the towels. Yeah. yeah. So he didn't have any of that stuff previously, but the fact that there are photos of other deceased people in his phone, are those people that he killed or did he just want to save photos of other people from Google or the dark web, you know? Yeah, I mean, maybe those weren't his victims, but given everything else, I don't know. It makes you wonder. And the fact that he searched most forested areas in Houston just makes us and investigators wonder if he used the shovel that he seemingly also already had that was found in his car to hide and bury Felicia's potentially dismembered remains. But did he actually find a spot in Houston or did he take her further? Because we know that within the weekend of her disappearance, he purchased all those suspicious items, meaning he likely didn't get rid of her body, assuming that's what happened, until late April 17th or the days to follow. And I'm sure investigators are trying to track his movements for those following days to see if they can follow his steps and movements and find her potential remains. But that is a very difficult thing to do and would take a lot of time. And meanwhile, they're trying to find this monster. Yeah, so now we have two scenarios. We have finding Felicia and then finding Chuku Ibuka. Here's what we know about Chuku Ibuka Nabuoto. He was born on May 29th, 1994, meaning he is currently 28 years old and now lives in Houston, or at least he did before Felicia went missing. It appears that he lived in Texas for at least most of his life since he graduated from the Lamar Consolidated Independent School District in 2011, which is just outside of Houston. Now, the internet describes him as a Nigerian man residing in the United States, and sources say that he was born in Nigeria but grew up in Texas. Not that his birthplace is too relevant, unless he has family or friends there and somehow was able to flee to Nigeria after he was released on May 13th. And just a weird coincidence, the day after this on May 14th is the day that Caitlin Armstrong fled after allegedly murdering Mariah Wilson. So just bizarre that these two stories where these suspects are on the run are at the same time in Texas. Yeah, it's so strange. Very weird. Um, but if you listen to episode 207 on Mariah Wilson, we're planning on doing an update very soon because Caitlin Armstrong has finally been apprehended. But anyway, back to Felicia's story and what we know about the suspect in her case. 
According to his LinkedIn, he attended the University of Houston downtown between 2015 and 2016 and began working as a teacher for Sylvan, which is a worldwide education company, in 2017 in Missouri City, Texas, also in the Houston area. And just a few months later, in June of 2017, he began working as a QA lab technician, aka quality assurance technician, for Heb Distribution Center in Houston. He hasn't updated his LinkedIn profile in a little while, so he could be working somewhere else by now. Initially, Felicia's father, Kevin Johnson, wondered if his daughter had been lured into human or sex trafficking via the club because the owners of Cover Girls have a criminal history. The Davari brothers, Ali and Hassan Davari, own six topless clubs in Houston, as well as one in Las Vegas, Nevada, and one in Canada. They are very rich, with Ali Davari living in an $8 million mansion in Texas. Meanwhile, there have been complaints and lawsuits from at least one dancer at one of their clubs that says that they refuse to pay her her federally mandated minimum wage for any of her hours worked, but instead they made her pay a house fee to dance there. They have been sued by multiple workers regarding wage theft, and one of these lawsuits was even settled for $1 million. Not only this, but the Davari brothers have been accused of using their clubs for prostitution and human trafficking. One lawsuit states, quote, through force, fraud, or coercion, Pimps caused these women to engage in prostitution. Treasures, one of the Davari's clubs, knowingly receives a benefit from participating in the prostitution trafficking venture. Their clubs have also been described as, quote, an epicenter of illegal activity that show evidence of human trafficking and even physical abuse, which has been going on for decades. On April 27, 2022, so 11 days after Felicia was last seen, her father uploaded a video regarding his views on the Davari brothers and their potential involvement in his daughter's case. Here's an audio clip from that video. Yeah, my name is Kevin Johnson Sr. And I am in Houston, Texas, looking for my daughter, Felicia Johnson. Uh, this video is about my statements about the Davari brothers that was edited out of all of my news conferences by every channel that I did and the interview with. Uh, this is me making an official quote and an official statement that the Davari brothers and their nightclubs are trafficking women. They have a they have a system that's organized. I don't know how deep it goes into the city of Houston, but it seems to me that the level of corruption reaches to every level of this place. This is my statement about the Davari brothers and me accusing them directly of sex trafficking women. Now, of course, this was before Chuku Ibuka was named a suspect and before all the incriminating information was uncovered. But it's still interesting to know how seedy this club was considering it was one of Felicia's last known whereabouts. But it's now heavily believed by Felicia's family as well that Due to all the evidence that was found in Chuku Ibuka's apartment and car and on his phone, that he murdered Felicia, dismembered her, and hid her remains somewhere. Her family is still holding out hope that she will be found alive, 
and her father Kevin Johnson has spent the last few months in Houston trying to help find his daughter himself. Unfortunately, there haven't been any publicized updates on the whereabouts of Chuku Ibuka or the search for Felicia since police announced the warrant for his arrest. So we can only hope investigators are working as hard as they can to find this man and get answers for the Johnson family. Obviously, um, I did already discuss the Mariah Wilson case and Caitlin Armstrong fleeing, but that case seemed to get so much attention and there was pretty consistent updates throughout the entire 43 days that Caitlin Armstrong was on the run. And this guy has been on the run potentially for almost two months, and there are no indications of his whereabouts at all. And I think that's really upsetting considering all this damning evidence regarding Felicia Johnson's disappearance. And I feel like her family deserves so much more. That's why it's so important, I feel like, to share this case because not only are we trying to search for Felicia, but also there's this guy out there that could be, you know, out there killing more people. And it's very important that he's captured. Exactly. So after announcing the warrant for his arrest, police also announced a $5,000 reward for information relating to Felicia Johnson's disappearance and believed murder. If you happen to have any information that could help this case, Houston PD is urging people to contact their department's homicide division at 713-308-3600 or call Houston Crime Stoppers at 713-222-TIPS. Also, if you would like to join us in donating to the Johnson family so Kevin can continue searching for his daughter in Houston, the GoFundMe link is in the description of this episode. And here is what Kevin wrote on that GoFundMe page. My daughter, Felicia Johnson, is missing in Houston. We are from California. Finding my baby girl, Felicia, is our top priority. Our family is forced to be separated in this most trying time, and I will stay in Texas as long as I can to ensure everything is being done to find Felicia. Our family is not complete without her. I have never felt such a sense of helplessness in my life. I am asking for support to stay in Texas to search for my daughter. Felicia is a beautiful young lady, both inside and out. Saturday, April 16th, 2022, she was 24 with so much more to learn and enjoy from life. She aspires to succeed in the hair, makeup, and modeling industry. Felicia is well-loved and missed by her family and friends. This unfortunate situation is a devastating tragedy and we all hope and pray for the safe return of my daughter, Felicia Johnson. Our family would greatly appreciate any financial help to aid in these desperate times. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to this episode of Going West. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. And on Friday, we'll have an all-new case for you guys to dive into. We have posted photos of Felicia as well as Chuku Ibuka for everybody who wants to share so that we can find this freaking monster and figure out what happened to Felicia and so her family can get the closure and answers that they need regarding their daughter and their sister. Yes, definitely share this episode. Share the missing posters. Uh, share the pictures of Chuku Ibuka because, you know, you never know. Somebody might, somebody out there might recognize this guy. 
Yeah. And uh, we could solve this case. Exactly. So thank you, everybody, for listening to this episode of Going West. Thank you for sharing in advance. We really appreciate it. And again, if you do want to help the family by donating money, um, we did post the GoFundMe link in the description of this episode. So go click on that if you want to help. We'll also post that GoFundMe link uh, in the description on our social medias as well. Yes, absolutely. That will be all over our socials. So thank you guys so much. We appreciate you all tuning in every week and we love you so much. All right, guys. So for everybody out there in the world, don't be a stranger. Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.